Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 16. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So back into the full swing of things, second week back at work, everything's starting to act normal. Hopefully your the last episode has really helped you get your planning into shape and it's been lovely some of the feedback I've been getting from some emails, so thank you very much. Also, it, to this week I have been up in Dundee, up in Scotland. It was one heck of a drive, really. I didn't realize it was that far away, but it was lovely because it was the Content Marketing Academy's kickoff 2017 event. It was with our past guest on episode nine, I think it was, Chris Marr. It was um, a fantastic community, really world-class community. It was lovely to meet some faces who I speak to all the time online, but actually to meet them in person was really nice. So many people empowered and motivated for really making 2017 their best year yet. And also it was to see some uh, some faces from past guests. Cole Gray was there, obviously Chris Marr was there. And also today's guest, Gavin Bell. Gavin was talking on stage at the event. And one of the things, I met Gavin back in August, it was this passion really shone through and I had to get him on the show to talk about his journey and his um, expertise. So let's tell you a little bit about our guest. Gavin is a 22-year-old entrepreneur and founder of Edinburgh-based social media agency Blue Cliff Media. He's a Facebook advertising expert, blogger and speaker on all things entrepreneurial, Facebook ads and marketing. So we'll take this opportunity. Gavin, welcome to the show. Hey Jeff, thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute it's an absolute pleasure and really, really over the moon that you've um decided to join me today. Um Gavin, just tell us a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurial um entrepreneurship, should I say, and then we'll start getting really nailed into your uh, area of expertise. Sure. So so my I guess my journey starts kinda at a very young age. Um grew up in the, the Shetland Islands, which is as far north as you can go in the UK. Um, and kind of at school, did the, the classic buying and selling things on, on eBay and sold um, kind of electronics from China there. And then when I, I kind of grown up, I knew I didn't want to go down the kind of traditional route of going to, to university and I always wanted to, to run my own business. So when it came to the age of 18, where um, kind of everyone in Shetland moves south, I was kind of stuck at this, okay, well, what, what shall I do? Um, and I came across the Peter Jones Enterprise Academy, which is run by um, Peter Jones, the guy from Dragon's Den. It was not, it's kind of headed up by him. Um, and so I decided to kind of pack my bags and move down to Manchester from Shetland and um, study there for a year. And that was kind of like a practical business course where you have to set up a business as part of the year. You kind of go there with a business idea. Uh, and then when you're learning about marketing, you're marketing that business that you set up. And when you're learning about pitching, you're pitching that business that you set up. So I, I launched a company down there where I was basically um, working as a middleman to put personal trainers into kind of call centers and corporate environments to, to run fitness sessions with staff. And um, then in 2014, decided to move back up to to Scotland and tried to get that business going, but it didn't really work. Um, and ended up launching Blue Cliff Media, which is the social media agency that I that I run now. Wow. Okay. And going to going to do what was it like to go from Shetlands to Manchester? But well, that was an eye opener. 
Yeah, it was complete, uh, an absolute culture change slash shock. Um, kind of going from a, a place where there's only 20,000 people, there's more sheep than people, and kind of fields all around you to Manchester where there's not one bit of green grass. Yeah. Um, was was a massive change but it was it was um it was a huge kind of learning curve for me professionally but also personally just kind of throwing myself in the deep end there so it was good and it's 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 one of the things that comes across when you do that it's that um number one i suppose the ambition but the courage to go from that area you know you've wanted to do something you know there's something more within you and you take that leap and to to go and do a the the peter jones thing that must have been uh an eye opener as well in the sense of the the kind of knowledge and the experience that he would have yeah totally i mean I kind of went against uh, what school wanted me to do and kind of what seemed like everybody wanted me to do mm. um by going down there and, and doing that but the as you say that the kind of the experience i had there was incredible with kind of the, it was just it was literally just being like thrown in at the deep end and, and um kind of like being set up just to run a business but you also had this kind of support around you to do that so they would throw you out to networking events which as a kind of shy 18 year old at the time mm. um, was kind of alien to me mm. um, they would they would send you out to different companies to pitch ideas you're kind of up pitching to the, the class kind of every every day almost um, so the, the experiences that I got there were, were incredible and, and definitely kind of set me in good stead for kind of launching um launching the two businesses so what is it that um blue cliff media specializes in yeah so we're, we're, a, we're a social media agency and we kind of pride ourselves on the fact that we help businesses grow through um kind of social media campaigns and, and we we typically specialize in or work uh, heavily in facebook advertising so okay. the majority of the work that we do now is all facebook ads um, and that's simply just because we it's such a um, kind of specific skill set that to, to stay up to date with with Facebook and their advertising product is almost a full time job in itself, mm. um, and we kind of want to be the go to specialists uh, and experts in that. And also, it allows us as a an agency to basically prove our worth to our clients. So if we're if we're spending five pounds and we're getting ten pounds back or mm. um, twenty pounds back, we can easily show to the client that we're making them money. Whereas if it was um, kind of general social media management that we kind of first started doing mm. it's very hard to show in black and white the roi that you're that you're getting that client yeah and it's it's like it's like any industry i suppose it's like mine is if i teach training or i teach coaching is i have to show people that i am prepared to invest in that and get money back in in yeah. some way shape or form through my approach in business as well mm. and i think it's a it's a great but one of the the interesting thing is is the thing that really um because we met i think it was at the glasgow expo wasn't it that's right yeah this year yeah it was one of the things that really got me interested in you was those videos of you going in and jumping off cliffs (laughs) (laughs) it's an it's but but it's an interesting because we we both know chris Moore, and you know he talks about content you know content marketing it's a great way to show who you are and that and that other way and do you find that that facebook avenue as a, is a is a great way to help you grow business because you hear different stories, don't you? Whether you know you shouldn't choose Facebook because it's not it's your business, your ideal market. Don't go on Facebook, or 
but surely from another point of view is is that their business might not but actually the person probably will what yeah. are your thoughts on that yeah absolutely if, if you're if you're if you're talking about facebook in general there's 1.7 billion people using the platform um so to say that your ideal customer isn't on there is is a bit of a fallacy mm. um as you say, they might not be on there in a business context, but they they will be there in a, a personal context. You can always guarantee that. Um, and and things like the the cliff jumping videos and all that sort of content, where there's no real kind of business agenda behind it. It's just me sharing kind of things that I'm getting up to. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you say, you still you still get people coming to me um, with a business interest. Yeah, because they've seen my video, they've seen that I'm a, or they might presume that I'm a kind of fun, fun sort of guy, and mm. they're they're interested because those videos were were filmed in Shetland, so they might be interested in the Shetland link, and then you start speaking, and then from that, they they might say, oh yeah, my friend's looking for somebody, it's, um, looking looking for someone to run Facebook ads for them type thing. So, yeah. like the the whole argument that my customer isn't on Facebook, I I don't buy into at all. It's mm. you if if however saying that if you are kind of like a a hard b2b type manufacturing company or something where i can kind of see the point that they might have Mm. is you just have to be more clever with it you just have to be more clever with the types of content that you're posting and maybe have to um not expect the world i.e not expect to post one video up on facebook and get and have the phone ringing for the whole day no, God, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Oh, tell me about <laughs> Tell me who wouldn't like that. <laughs> so, because obviously, do you find that people come into the the sort of the Facebook ads a little bit timid and a little bit scared because they, you know, they they're they're worried about how to do it. They don't want to waste money. You know, in the in some, I mean, I remember one of my big mistakes was the face with the Facebook campaign was I left it to pay per click rather than full campaign. Uh-huh. So I got this ridiculous bill at the end of the month. Um, it was a lesson learned. But yeah. do you find there's that it tends there's a lot of people sort of frightened about that? And mm-hmm. if so, how would you or what would your recommendations, your tips, or strategies be to help them deal with that situation? Yeah, so ab- absolutely, that is something that I, I experience quite often. Um, more so here in the UK. So we we work with a lot of clients over in America. Um, and I find that a lot of the the UK market are a lot more timid towards the idea of spending money on Facebook. And I think that's just because in general, we're we're maybe a bit more, uh, in America, they're a bit more advanced with their kind of, um, their marketing knowledge, if, if that makes sense. So they, in, in America, I found that companies will know that Facebook ads exist and they'll know it's a uh, um, potential solution. Mm. And, and so they'll, they'll maybe come to me saying, we need help with Facebook ads. Mm. Whereas in America, in the, in the UK here, people typically don't understand uh, that it's a, a kind of solution to their problem just yet. And so there's a bit of a um, scenario where I'm kind of having to educate them on Facebook ads being a good idea, mm. explaining what it all is to them, and then trying to sell to them on the fact that um, it's a good good kind of solution for them to use so i do find in that case that people are a bit like oh i don't really want to be spending money on facebook when i don't really know what's what's going to be achieving especially when you have like the arguments that you just said before with people saying i don't know facebook's the right platform for us or 
Um, typically, I'll find people coming to me saying that they've tried Facebook ads before and it didn't work. I'm like, well, you probably didn't do it right. Um, and and so my advice to anybody that's kind of feeling a bit timid in terms of uh, spending money on Facebook ads is you 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 set a you set a daily budget and that daily budget can be as little as a pound a day um, and you can scale that up to as high as you want. So there's if you if you set the budget as one pound a day, you're never going to spend more than thirty pounds a month. Um, and for that one pound a day, you're probably going to reach an extra good few hundred or, or even a thousand people. So um, my, my advice would be whenever you're running a campaign on Facebook, if you've never done it before, is just start small. Um, start with a small budget, test different things, see, try and find out what works with your audience. And then if you get your campaign to a point where it's, it's working or if you um, start to feel more confident that what you're doing is actually having an, an impact, a positive impact, then you can start to scale your campaign up and, and start spending more money. No, that's good. I remember getting told from a um, a Frank Kern agent that he said yep. the UK are about four to five years behind. Yeah, in America. I would, I, I would, I totally agree with that. I would say four four years easy. Yeah, yeah, and but also is is I suppose it's this thing when you talk about the you know the campaigns and 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 I guess tweaking it because some people will say that campaign didn't work and then completely redo. Mm-hmm. their their whole campaign now is it better to do that or is it better to tweak little bits as you go to see which one creates the a better traffic or yeah. how how do you sort of see it from that point of view yeah so i i, I see facebook advertising as a process um so if if, if, we, if we're starting from scratch mm-hmm. we're basically when we're creating that campaign for the first time we're making a wild assumption on what we think is going to work i.e what messaging is going to work, what imagery is going to work, uh, and what offer is going to work to a specific audience. Um, so we're making an assumption from the start, but once we've we, once we've made that assumption and, and we've spent some money and let that run for maybe a couple of days, then then it's just a process of optimizing that ca- campaign and using the data that you have to to uh, make changes. So that might be, for example, if we create an ad campaign and we're and we're testing five different images we'll find that probably one or two of them outperform the rest so we switch off the ones that don't work we take the ones that do work and then what we might want to do is start changing the copy on those ones that are working to try and test that and it's a continual process of just testing different images different copy different tweaks in the audience um and so that that's just kind of what it is. is it's, a, it's a whole process. Mm-hmm. Saying that there, there has been times where we've run campaigns and we've we've tested and tested for for maybe a couple of weeks and it still just isn't working. In that in that scenario, then I would say, um, yeah, start again and try something else. So that might be um, the it might just be like a case of, um, or the. If it's a blog you're sending people to, it might just not be compelling enough for people to click on. So with, with, with one client, I'll give you an example. We were, we were sending people to a blog post that was um, kind of a transformational blog in terms of a before and after image and a bit of a story of a client of his and how he kind of transformed his body. Uh, and we were getting people onto that blog for, for 75p per click. Um, and then we were trying to retarget people and get them into a phone consultation with him. And we were struggling to make that um, 
that campaign profitable with the 75p per click. So after all the kind of testing that we'd done, we tested images, copy, audiences and things, and we just still couldn't get the cost down to a, a profitable level. So we decided to scrap that initial blog um, and decided to type, write one and, and um, send people to one called uh, Reasons You're you're not gaining muscle and and can instantly we got people onto that blog for two pence per click so just goes to show that there is a process involved in terms of um testing your audiences and copy etc and that's facebook ads is a process but at the same time if your offer or your kind of blog post or product um isn't kind of compelling enough sometimes you do have to just start again with a, a different one yeah, and it's it's the the interesting thing, is, and this is the reason why people, when they do a one type, a one shot, and then it's oh, it's no good, they're never mm. going to see any progress in it because it is tweaking. You very, I suppose, very rarely are you, are you ever going to nail an advert straight off. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. unless you read, I guess I'm assuming unless you really know your audience that you're targeting for, but even then, they'll probably the the slight tweaks are probably going to increase the impact on it anyway yeah absolutely it's, it's it's very very rare that you will hit a campaign um kind of spot on from the start very 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 rare i always say um we'll if, if we were to test so let's say 10 different images mm. um i know for a fact that one or maybe two will outperform the rest but i could not tell you which one that's going to be no we just have to let the data tell us so yeah. um yeah you're totally right it's 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 there, there has been a few occasions where we've set up a campaign and, and it's kind of worked straight off mm. but very rarely yeah. very rarely and, and you actually use that that terminology you let the data tell us it's really important to no matter what it is even if it's facebook campaigns or if it's you know mailchimp campaigns or whatever it is you've got to make sure you're taking note of the data because yeah. that's that's the truth it's not based on a gut instinct it's based on the facts and there you yeah. can make the right judgment call on what you need to do next isn't it yeah 100 percent. i mean going going back to the images as an example is there's been times where we've spent ages creating really nice graphics for a campaign mm. uh, and then we've tested them alongside kind of just generic stock images and the stock images outperform them, um, and you you might like your gut instinct would probably be that the the kind of custom images would perform best, but the data tells us otherwise. So you've got to go with that. I suppose part of that may be because you put so much time and effort into the custom image. There's there's that little bit of an ego going. Now these will be great because we've put so much yeah. time at, time into them, rather than someone who's just gone. Oh, I'll just take a photograph and stick it on, yeah. whatever it is. There's, there's more of an emotional buy-in when you put the energy into it, isn't it? Exactly, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Thanks very much, Gavin. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go into the second part, which is the question time. So these are yeah. questions that I ask every single guest that comes on. Um, because what we love to see, or certainly what I do, is I love to see the common threads. Mm -hmm. So the first question, question number one is, how much time a week do you spend on self-development? Good question. Um, I try and do a lot of, um, well, I go to the gym a lot, so you can, I guess, I guess self-development is quite a subjective term it is. Um, in yeah. terms of, of what you would define self-development. For me, I guess it would be anything that's, allowing me to learn yes. um, and kind of grow as a person. So in that case, pr pretty much everything I do would be self-development in terms of okay. my, my, day, my daily routine is going to get up, 
go to the gym, uh, head to the office. And being a young guy, I'm, I'm learning mm. kind of running a business and uh, kind of communication skills when I'm meeting people every single day. Yeah. Um, and then quite like to, I, I, I do a lot of reading on self-development books as well and uh, do quite a lot of, kind of watch quite a lot of YouTube videos and things on, um, not necessarily just self-development things, but also if I'm watching somebody like um, like Casey Neistat, who's a famous YouTuber, I will not just watch him for entertainment, but I'll also watch him to kind of see how he sets up his vlogs and how he um, how, how he uses different tips and tricks to kind of tell that story throughout throughout a video. So. Yeah. I, I would argue that um, almost everything I do is, is self-development in a way just because I'm constantly aware of what I'm doing and trying to learn from the different things that I come across on a day-to-day basis. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. Excellent. Okay, so the second question is, what is your favorite personal development book and why? Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional self-development book, but mm-hmm. it's something that has helped you grow in a, that's created the biggest impact for you. Yeah, so so num- this, this is quite an easy one for me because it's my favorite book of all time. But it's um, how to win friends and influence people. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's just just how it's set out in such a simple way um, on how to actually communicate with people in everyday life. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of it was for me. It was almost like immediately transferable into my life rather than having to to think about it too much. So I I think that's the only book that I've gone back and read twice. Um, okay. But yeah, for me, it's that one hands down. Just because, as a, as a marketer and a business person, and, and just somebody that likes to, to socialize with people, is when you when you understand um, why people say what they do, or um, when you understand how to communicate with people in a in a kind of higher level, mm. it kind of changes everything. Yes. Um, yeah. And you and you can notice. You can you notice things a lot more easier if you're speaking to somebody, um, and you you can start to understand why they're speaking like they're speaking or yeah. why they're saying the things that they're saying. So that that one was um, an absolute game changer for me. Yeah, but it, and it stood the test of time. You know, yeah. it's one of those it's one of those books that it mine my sort of the the first go to books when I started my journey was thinking grow rich and. Yeah. Um, how to how to influence that, that I've just forgotten the title because obviously that's just the way it works. But that, that book as well. But it's it is it's some of those books that you just keep going. And go, do you know? It's even though it was written so long ago, when yeah. they didn't have you know the tech or anything that they've got now, it's still core to the values of how you can do business today. Hundred percent. And and you know what what fascinates me a lot is because when 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 I'm kind of doing my marketing stuff, it's we we always overcomplicate everything yes. and all, all we need to do is go back to kind of human psychology and why why humans buy things or why humans um kind of start to like people and that's why these books are doing so well is because they mm. there's no like if we take facebook twitter linkedin instagram etc these are all just tools and things that are ever changing but the kind of basic principles of human communication or or human psychology are always going to be the same Mm. um and i think we overcomplicate things too much by going deep into um the kind of ever-changing tools and tactics rather than kind of being upper higher level on the psychology of uh, humans no absolutely totally agree okay question number three is what is your favorite app 
Oh, good question. My favorite app is probably going to be. Hmm. God, this is a hard one. My favorite is probably going to be Facebook. Okay. Um, just kind of a, a generic answer for me, but um, just because I use it all, all the time, kind of all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, but if I, was to, if I was to say something that wasn't kind of a social media app, uh, I'm a big fan of Evernote, yeah. and um, I'm a big fan of Slack these days as well. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. um, using Slack to communicate with different communities I'm in, and also um, I use it to communicate with with some of the team. And then Evernote is just a great app for for taking notes. Yeah. And yeah, and no, things. I think I think there's certain apps that you know there's there's that great advert that talks about. Um, I'm trying to remember where it was, but they talk about all these apps to take in. And Evernote has this way just to blanket a hell of a lot of stuff yeah. that allows you to make life so much more easier yeah. to, to get things done. All right, brilliant. Okay, so question number four is what's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? So my biggest business mistake, um, probably a couple of ones. You could argue that my, my first business, uh, which was called Alba Fitness, was a bit of a mistake okay. um, or lots of different mistakes that kind of resulted in the business failing. Mm. Um, and, and those were kind of things like I started the company off with the single mindset of personal trainers into corporates to run fitness sessions. And then, then I started to get kind of more, uh, started to want to provide lots and lots of more different services. So it was trying to speak to like nutritionists and physios and things to offer like a whole corporate wellbeing type package um, without ever asking uh, potential clients if that was something that they were interested in. So I kind of made an assumption there that that's what they're interested in, spent too much time doing that, made no money. Mm-hmm. Um, another mistake when I started Blue Cliff Media was I, I I was following the seven-day startup by Dan Norris, which is basically set a company up in seven days. And one of the days is choose your business name. And I, I chose a name called Adworthy um, and registered the domain, etc. Just kind of got caught up in this whole seven days thing, and then about a month after, or so realized well, I kind of realized at the time, but a month or so after, I was like, "Oh, there's another company in America with the same name. This is this is um, this is something I kind of have to address now if if I want to take this business further." They ne- they never got in touch with me or anything, but it was something that I wanted to make sure that I didn't have a problem with going forward. So. Yeah. Okay. Those were those were two two okay. mistakes I've, I've made. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. Number five is what are your challenges in balancing work and life, and how do you manage them? So, for for me, like the the business I run, um, this might kind of sound sad, but it kind of is my life, and I, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, the the people that I get to meet day to day, I would class as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get up, I can go to bed whenever I want. I've got, I've got like ultimate freedom in how I work, when I work and, and what I'm doing. So for me, like it's, I, although I'm kind of consumed by work all the time, mm. it, it doesn't bother me at all because I, I love what I do. And if it just for, for example, um, I got up to Shetland for Christmas and I just booked a flight, um, this morning to to go up a week earlier than I, I thought just because I can mm. and I'll just I'll just work up work from up there so for me I, do, I don't really um 
consider the work-life balance no. thing because it's just kind of they're in, they're intertwined to me which yeah. some people might disagree with but um i'm happy so that's all it matters just out, just out of curiosity are you you don't have a family in, no no so, yeah. okay so okay so, be, so that, that we'll, we'll re-interview yeah. you when you get a family and you get married <laughs> yeah. and then we'll see yeah. how that <laughs> see that changes <laughs> so you bring up a good point as an entrepreneur we, we're, we're torn between the work and and the and the business and and the life side of it because we do what we love, and it, and it's that it's that understanding that you know I've seen the videos you have fun I mean you know we, we, it's quite clear that you enjoy what you do, um and you can see that you have fun in doing everything you do including you know the vlogs that you've just started to do and all of those sort of things, it's 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 really easy to see you know that you really love what you do and it yeah. it I think for for people who don't have necessarily the the what would i would it and and being in the right way you don't have the challenges of having a family yeah, and and sure. work which in some aspects is a cool place to be um yep. because you get that opportunity to just focus on your business you go you do what you want you can like you know that's that's the great thing about where you are at that moment in time of your life but it's yep. but the other thing is is it's also is it's i suppose it'll be something you're aware of but it's just at this present moment in time, it isn't a challenge to you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Okay. So the um, question number six is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had knowing starting out? Um, for me, I think I stressed, stressed myself out a lot when I first started with um, thoughts like, why are you not making enough money? Um, why are you not making as much money as they are? why are you not as successful as them type thing. And so I think for me, it would just be a simple case of like, just be patient, just keep trusting the process of uh, creating content, doing good work, reaching out to people, meeting people. Um, and, and you're still, a, you're still a really young guy. So like you've got your whole life ahead of you. Just, um, just kind of calm down a little bit and just keep doing what you're doing. And eventually you'll start to see um, the results. So I think it's just like, I think the main thing for me and, and to an extent still is, is comparing myself to others and um, sometimes getting disheartened or um, sometimes kind of worrying at the fact that I'm maybe not doing as well as I kind of could have, could yeah. be doing type yeah. thing. If there's any consolidation, I'm 41 and I still do that from time to time. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's totally a human natural, nature. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you always want to be your best. So, yeah. you know, and you always want to do the best that you can possibly can. So when you meet someone who's maybe that further, further ahead in life, then, yeah. you know, it, it can be a, a nerve wracking thing to go, well, why am I not there yet? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, exactly. yeah, yeah, maybe the, maybe he's older or maybe he's had something else happen in his life that's, or her life, of course, that, that has caused that. And it's just that part of the, part of the experience, I guess. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, there's it's a whole overnight success thing as well. It's no oh, yeah. like there's no such thing as an overnight success, and people no. generally take what what's I think I've seen it's like the only overnight success is people that have taken ten years working on yeah. what they're working on. To, yeah, yeah. To be well, it's amazing as well how many people will kind of like assume because because I guess there's a there's a breaking point where people don't let's say a large audience don't hear about you. And then all of a sudden you do something right or or something changes in your circumstance and all of a sudden that 
you break that barrier. Yeah. And then you're 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 all over the place, or you get interviewed on a great uh, on a on a good podcast, or you get uh, an interview, or you go down and speak at a different event or something, and there is yeah. something all of a sudden breaks that barrier, and it's it's really it's it's really interesting because it's the, all of a sudden is there'll be a lot of the people who don't understand the journey will go. Wow. Okay, you must have done really well. You know, I didn't yeah. hear about you yesterday. Now all of a sudden you're all over the place, and it's just, it's just, it's like the sound barrier. You know, it's yeah, just all of a sudden it's a breakthrough, and it's like, whoa, let's 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 let's, let's ride it as best we can now. Yeah, absolutely. Keep up. <laughs> okay, so question number seven is the life lesson question. So mm-hmm. if you pick a number between one to fifty, I share a life lesson that I have had, and yep. we see whether you agree with it, whether you've experienced it, and we just have a couple of minutes to discuss about it. Cool. Let's go twenty-five. Twenty-five. Ooh, don't yeah. don't judge too quickly. <laughs> um, this is many. There's many different things on uh, level on this. Is number one, it's um, don't don't judge a book by its cover necessarily. And I know that's a hard thing for people because we're taught that first impressions last, yeah. but sometimes it can be quite. Um, it can not be beneficial to do that. Yeah. And the other thing is, is um, you know, don't is don't judge, for example, we talked about Facebook before and the fact is we do it once and then we go, well, it just doesn't work. Mm. You're making judgments far too quickly. You've got to sort of take the time to to learn, to develop and be open. That Actually, do you know what? Sometimes it isn't first impressions are the best ones. Yeah. Sometimes they are. You know, let's let's be honest. But I'm just wondering what you thought of, if, if you experienced anything like that. Yeah, I totally agree with it in terms of, I think, when, if let's say you meet somebody for the first time and they're maybe a little bit off with you, Mm. um, it'd be very easy to judge them and say, well, I don't like them because they obviously didn't like me Mm. or whatever it may be. But there's, there's, you've got to realize that like everybody um, kind of communicates and is different and there might be circumstances that caused them to be like that whether it was nerves or whether they were shy or mm. whether they had in a crappy day or whatever and, and I think it's um I think it's kind of can be really detrimental to you to mm. to judge people too quickly because you then start um it's, it's almost it's almost a negative mindset to judge people straight away yeah um yeah kind of picking at things that they maybe did wrong and and again wrong is subjective and it's kind of your own sense and mm. like um i think if you're judging people you're maybe be, you're maybe um comparing them to your ideal or your yes. norm yeah. um, which is not necessarily their ideal or their norm so i think yeah it's, it can be it's uh, and it's also something you may have to change because actually what you're setting up as a judgment may be a failing on your part not necessarily yeah. a failing on you. I mean, I know I know people who have, um, and I've seen it. I don't know them. I've seen them and witnessed because they are they are young. They immediately think that they don't know as much as they do, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And, it, and 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 you like look at it and go, yeah, but they live in a world of technology now. So yeah. there's probably a hell of a lot they do know that you don't, and there's yeah. probably a hell of a lot that they don't know that you know. But rather yeah. than just going, no, I'm not speaking to them, or no, I'm not, I'm going to judge them, and I, I don't want to speak to them for another X amount of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. That I think that's a danger because you have this opportunity to, to one, create a good relationship or possible relationship. Sometimes, um, you know, you meet people and they kind of go, do you know what? Now I know you. Now that's not how I 
took you when we first met. Yeah. But something could have been going on at that moment in time that made them abrupt. It might have nothing yeah. to do with you. It might be because they've just had an argument with a spouse or, you know, they've just they've just crushed their car or something. You know, it might not be anything to do with you. And you've yeah. got to be very careful when you do this this judging. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I got asked this question the other day in terms of do people ever judge you because you're you're a young guy and I've never I've never had anybody that's um done it to my face mm. never, like nobody's ever said now you're too young or whatever but I'm sure there's been a lot of judging kind of in the background yeah. um even even if it's just subconsciously yeah. um people saying what kind of what does he know he's only he's only 22 he's only a whippersnapper yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know I know but that and that's the thing is isn't it it's it's but I said, do you find if if people do feel that for you, does that just inspire you to prove them, to prove them wrong, or does that is that just a motivator for you to go fantastic? I, I just you know I'm doing something right if I've got people that are slightly uncomfortable about it because yeah, they feel threatened. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I, for, on on one thing, I'd say if, if you feel like that towards me, then I don't want to work with you anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, good point. On a second thing, it's like well kind of your loss because i know for a fact that what we do works and, and yeah. can help businesses grow yeah um and lastly yeah i kind of i i i like being the underdog i kind of like being the yeah. the young guy that um is kind of trying to kind of push the boat out rustle rustle some uh yeah. rustle some feathers etc so I, I i quite i quite like um break some rules exactly yeah <laughs> I, I i like that yeah um, yeah, well, I, and I think, and I think that's probably very much a trait of an entrepreneur as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's that you know someone made a rule. Well, yeah, but that was ages ago. That doesn't mean that has to happen now. Exactly. I mean, and yeah. I, I know when I first started, there was all this advice saying what I shouldn't be doing and what I should be charging, and that I would have to build a base just solely in my town rather than thinking anywhere else. And it was like, <laughs> why? Yeah, you know. And within three weeks, I was in Norway doing workshops and stuff. So it was like you just look at it and go. Just because someone tells you, I think it's also be wary of what they, the word realistic, because mm. it's realistic based on that person's view, not necessarily, yeah. I hate that word realistic, because it, it is a very, very dangerous word because we set those limitations. And, and ultimately, yeah. really, you put the work in, you put the effort in, you're prepared to listen, learn, and, and communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows the potential that you have? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Well, we have come to the end, and I could speak to you for absolutely ages. I'm looking forward to the next time we see each other. I'm not quite sure when. I think it's in Glasgow or somewhere. But um, <laughs> are you going? We might see each other at um, Chris Mars event. Uh, 2017. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'll be there. So we will see each other then. Okay. So as a sideline. Um. Okay. So please give a give us a chance to share with our guests how uh, share with our audience. Sorry, how people can connect with you where people can find you i highly urge you to to follow um gavin because he's got some great videos um going out so how can people do that yeah so the, no- the number one place that i'm trying to push just now is my facebook page yep. um so that's facebook.com forward slash mr gavin bell uh you can also type in gavin bell on on youtube my my agency website is bluecliffmedia.com um, but if you if you go to my Facebook page, then you can get uh, links to absolutely everywhere from that. So that's probably the main place, and also the easiest place for kind of getting in touch with me and um, starting a, a conversation. 
Brilliant. Gavin, thanks very much for taking the time. We've had a couple of technical issues, but we've come out <laughs> we've come out sunny <laughs> at the other end. So I just want to say have a have an amazing day, have an amazing week, and I wish you the greatest success. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. So we've come to the end of the show, and I hope you have enjoyed it. If you have benefited from listening, please could you take some time to pop over to iTunes, leave a review and a rating, as it helps promote the show, allowing me to support others. If you would like to email me with some questions or topics that perhaps you would like to appear on the show, then please email me at podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I love hearing from you, and your feedback helps me make the show even better. If you want to find out more about me and how I can assist you to live the exceptional life, then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on social media. My Twitter handle is GNCoach and all our other social media sites, it's Jeff Nicholson UK. I look forward to speaking to you next week and I wish you the greatest success.